Scott Show, the great sports callers, open think tank, the young and the restless edition. I don't think it's going to be a soap opera this morning, but uh, he is young and I am restless. These NBA playoffs have me up late. My kids have me exhausted. And yet, when I get to stay up and watch a finish like last night, holy cow, I'm Scott Prather. Lynn Burton is in the house this morning. Good morning, Lyndon. Good morning, Scott. How you doing, man? The Valley Hoop. That's what we're going to call it? The Valley Hoop? The Valley Hoop. Solid name for it. It Incredible play last night. For those that missed it, the, um, the Clippers' son's finish was just bonkers. It was... I'm I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, we're gonna have a good finish, and it's gonna end at like ten thirty. Well, the last <laughs> minute, the last the last ninety one seconds of that game had so that was the negative. There were so many stoppages and everything else, and we'll get into that later. But the game itself, man, uh, I mean, where do you even start? Let's just start with the final play and DeAndre Ayton, who's you go back to that Donk Doncic Trey Young draft. Now you got to look at Ayton, say. Good Lord. The Kings lost. <laughs> in, I mean, in the last 10 games of the playoffs, by the way, Phoenix has won nine games in a row in the playoffs. And then to, to add to that, they only trailed in the fourth quarter last night in all of those nine games and only trailed by one point. I don't know if it's Suns in four, but that game last night was something. Even without Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard, you know, I I've heard a lot of this palaver of, oh, you know, the NBA's upset or they don't have these big teams or this or that. It's, it's really, to me, if you put out really, really good games, people are going to watch. 100%. They're going to watch. And if you look at the ratings um, from last weekend, they, they tell you that. Ratings are up, guys, from two years ago when the playoffs were – um, about a, you know slightly earlier. Here we are in late June, but it, you can't. I don't think you can really look at the bubble and draw any kind of true analysis in terms of TV ratings. But TV ratings were up. But what what did we get last Saturday? What did we get? We got really really good games. And I think last night, even without Chris Paul, even without Kawhi Leonard, we got a great game. My guess is it's going to be pretty good ratings for that game last night because it comes down to the Valley Oop, if you will, and Jay Crowder, they draw up an inbounds play, which they were only able to draw up, Lynn, because of a review. Yep. It wasn't like they had a timeout. No, not at all. He throws that thing perfect. It, you gotta kinda and, and I don't like and I don't like to be negative because this is definitely the praise of Jay Crowder. But if you're DeMarcus Cousins, you gotta cut off that you gotta cut off that angle. He was straight up and just gave him the perfect line of sight to the to the hoop because there was a video going around from Crowder's angle, and if Cousins would have just turned his body a little bit to the to the right, I think that pass doesn't go off. It was um, there were there was no way that the Clippers were gonna not have one or two men on like no like Devin Booker's man was never gonna leave him. Yep, and so to have him set the pick was. Brilliant. Yeah. And and you 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 know, Crowder just uses his eyes to make it seem like he's gonna pass to an outside shooter. There's no goaltending, it's a live ball. Just as long as you don't touch the rim when you're when you're getting the ball and he did right above the rim. And that thing, they started running the clock before it even touched anyone. Yep. Um, but that I mean, it it could have been two tenths of a second and it would have been a game winner. It, that was my thing. I, I 
it just was such the perfect execution of a play. Because if you Nick Batum, you think, like you said, there's no way I'm leaving Devin Booker. There's no way on God's green earth because if I leave him and he catches that ball and drains the shot, I'm in trouble. So you have to stay. And Devin just set one of the, a, a brilliant screen. Zubac's got to be a little stronger getting through that. But like you said, right right above the goal, and Aiton just finishes it. I, I think Aiton has proven himself through these playoffs, and I've said this time and time again, the first two games against Anthony Davis were very important for his growth. Then you get the series against Jokic, the MVP, another series important for his growth. Now, if you're Aiden, I had to face Anthony Davis in the MVP of the league. Zubac isn't anything to me. Tell you what, man, that was uh, a thrilling finish. So, what do you make of Paul George now? Did the I, 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 I there was a small part of me that was just like. This poor guy. I felt bad for him. I'm going to be he, honest. Because playoff P or PPG or playoff PP or pandemic P or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> he he has been carrying this team and playing lights out. Yes, he has. And he was gassed. And then there you are, the charity stripe, and you missed two. Two free throws that would have put you up and, and, and probably sealed the deal for him. And then, of course, everybody, I mean, it was blood in the water. He, he, he was trending. Every nickname was trending. And it's I felt, like, I felt come bad Come on, he's him. been playing great. Like, he missed some free throws. That stinks. But it's like his margin of error, he doesn't have one. I mean, nope. people are just ruthless. And he's played really, really well. I'm not I'm not a Paul George fan, per se. But I was just like, come on, guys. Like, let's. Yeah, I'm not jumping on that train. Come not, on. Not come today. On. He's, he's, been, he's been playing really well. We got, like, <laughs> They did not lose last night because of Paul George. No, not at all. And and my thing is this: if you're if we're gonna give Kevin Durant reprieve for the air ball, because I've myself included gave him some leeway, and I wasn't a lot of blame on him. I can't be mad at Paul George because, like you said, he was gassed, and he has been doing everything humanly possible for this team. Maybe we should come in and say, "Hey, where's the help at for Paul George?" That's the that's the real question. The Reggie Jacksons of the world, and and the Batums, and the Terrence Manns, and the Marcus Morrises. Paul, here's the other thing about Paul George. It doesn't have anything to do with basketball. Whenever he talks a lot, I feel like cut his mic off. Sometimes, like <laughs> when when he has like a long interview, I'm like, oh no, like so he's gonna say something. Whenever they they won that game against Utah, I was wrong about the Jazz. When they won that game against Utah, and afterwards they're asking about Terrence, they're talking to <laughs> Terrence Mann, and like Paul, what can you say about this guy? And he starts talking and talking. And he's like, I mean, I mean, I just see him. He's such a Great player, man. I see a lot of me in him. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Paul, what you just, you just, just uh, cut off the mic. Yeah, you got to save some cut people from the themselves. mic, man. Um, yeah, who wins your Rudy Gobert award for last night? Who was the, the guy on the court that you thought was just uh, out of, a, out of, a, a out of bum, as you like to call it? <laughs> um, I, I, last night, I'd have to, I don't want to pick on Zubach, but it has to be Zubach because not only did Aiton kill him on the inside, which people won't recognize is Dario Saric had a pretty good game on the inside, who is a guy that was supposed to be part of the process, loses his footing over there, and has kind of bounced around and has found a solid home in Phoenix. And that's why I just feel the inside game of Phoenix is so strong to where if their starting center and their backup center is killing, I got to give some blame to Zubac. I mean, he was, he was what? He had a double-double, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Had some had that big block there late. I don't know. I mean, where where was where was Morris? I mean, he was. I feel like no he show. was MIA. Yep. 
he he get that's that's who I'm looking at. But um, you know, campaign twenty nine points went from dancer to like certified star. I 20, love it. Twenty nine points last night, a huge moment for him. Phoenix now uh, in control, up two games to nothing. Series shifts back to the Clippers. Did did that? If Phoenix loses that game, like how? In, when we look back, let's say a week and a half from now, how much are we going to look back at Game Two as the game that swung the series? Ooh, great question. I definitely think this game shifts momentum and and it, and it puts. Phoenix in the driver's seat. It puts them in this mode of, okay, we're not scared of y'all. We've t- we've given y'all a punch that isn't our f- best punch, but and we've taken your best punch that you can offer, and now we have Chris Paul coming back. This is the game that, if any, they should have gotten. It should have been this one. The weird thing about it, it's, it's, you're right. It's just weird that it's the Clippers, and they've been down 0-2 in every series. True. Like, they're they're hard. They're just hard to figure out, man. Um, the, the, I, I don't. I, I Phoenix feels in a lot of ways like a team of destiny, don't mm-hmm. they? I mean, they've had some crazy finishes. They've had things go against them, and yet they've been able to continually overcome it. You have a meme of a guy that beat up a Nuggets fan who poured a beer on him that <laughs> '90s rock bands are now using and going viral with for clapping back on Twitter. It's like. They're just they're 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 everywhere right now. The Valley, man. I mean, the the Valley Oop last night. Phoenix feels like a team of destiny in so many ways. And it, it you're absolutely right. It seems like everything that gets thrown their way, they battle through it. They battle through adversity. My old basketball coaches always say it's not about it's not about what you do. It's about how you battle through those moments of adversity. I mean, you can look at it last night. In my opinion, I thought there were three bad calls back-to-back, but Devin Booker and his team never pouted, they never slouched, and they kept going, and they end up getting the Valley Oop, as you, as you coined it, which I do Monty, love. Monty Williams. I, I did. It wasn't just me. I mean, I saw it somewhere. Okay. You know? But it's. I feel like it's not everywhere, and it should be. Like, it, should, it should have been yeah. immediately. I saw somebody on Twitter like put it out there. Not not a blue check mark. I was like, oh, that's that's it. Yeah. Like, that's perfect. The fans are going to see that, and it's it's over. Um you mentioned bad calls, whatever. Like, all the stoppages in play. I just, I don't know how you fix it because you got to get the call right, but you got to speed up the process somehow. Yep. Like, n- there, there's no way that every single one of those should have taken that long. I agree. And, and the one to me that really just makes me feel so peculiar about replay was the Pat Beverly tap out of bounds. It... it I understand when you zero in, freeze frame, go in, Devin Booker's hand is still on it. But to me, if you look at the textbook rule, that that's out of bounds on Pat Bell. Yes, I, I guess. I mean, I know what Van Gundy was saying. I know what you're saying, but that's part of what comes with instant replay. It's like True. back in the day when instant replay, it was in the NFL back in the 90s. Then it went away for a while. Then it came back. And when it came back... And we've seen it for years, the whole what's a catch, not a catch. It was like when you when you began to just freeze frame every minute second, it it you know, spirit of the rule versus what actually happened became a debate, but they would be like, Well, you know, there was a there was a there was just a minute little bobble there and he didn't complete the act. And it's like, watch the play in real time. He caught yep. the ball. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what that play was last night. So technically he was the last one to touch it. I mean, it. 
By the by, yeah, no one. I understand I mean, why was, the refs had to make the, the call. He was the last one to touch it. They're not. You can't in the moment be like, ah, spirit of the rule. It's like spirit of the rule or the rule. <laughs> yeah, true. You know. Now, of course, that was when Paul George went and missed the two free throws. So it all it all kind of even now. But I, I mean, I, look, I was the same as you. Like the, my emotions were like, come on, like this. Don't don't review something like that when you get under two minutes in a big game and they start reviewing everything. It takes I away I mean, the momentum. It takes and, away the feeling. Yeah, luckily for them, it just still had the incredible ending, so not as many people were talking about all the stoppages in play and everything else, but you got to speed up the process. Up yep. it's just It just takes way too long and leads to advantages or disadvantages. I mean... As we saw with the like, like we said, it, it it happened multiple times where both teams got to set up circumstances and situations. The value, yep. I mean, Monty's sitting over there. Don't say, oh, they would have called that anyway. No, he was. He had a good three minutes, and you could see him with the whiteboard, and they were they were zoning in. I don't. I'm sure that they've practiced it and practiced before, whatever. But to have time to set it up with the guys on the floor, everything else, zone in. All right, who are they? Who are the, who's coming in on? Well, we know who's coming in on defense. They can't substitute because it's not out of a timeout. Okay, here we go. It was. Um, well, I guess it was an inbounds play out of bounds, so they could sub. But my point is, perfect storm. I, 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 I don't. Yeah, it was. But it, then it gave us this incredible ending. Yes, it did. And to me, would I? I, I want to ask you this: in this playoffs, more than I want to say any others, or maybe that's because I'm paying attention to it more. I don't know, but it just feels like the coaching duels have been more ferocious or just more in the front of my mind than normally. It seems like both coaches in, whether it's McMillan doing what he was doing against Doc, whether it was Bud and Steve Nash showing who could be more incompetent, or whether it's it was this, it's just been a, a beautiful series of chess matches between I, coaches. I think, I think the reason is because LeBron's not in it. mm I think when LeBron's in it, he takes not. This isn't even a knock, or I mean, it's not. It's not a criticism. It's nothing. I think it's just a fact. When LeBron's in the postseason, he takes the majority of the air in the room, and so the focus is that um, you've got younger stars. You don't, you know, Kawhi and Chris Paul weren't playing, and so the focus isn't as much on the singular ultimate superstar. Even though you know Trey Young and and Giannis and these guys are getting you know, their rightful play. But, like, I, I think that has something to do with it, coupled with the ultra-close finishes. And when you have those two things together, I think no LeBron, the ultra-close finish, no Lakers, right? It's like when it's one of the, the glamour teams, it's should the coach be fired? What's the, does True. the coach even matter? It's almost – and that's not fair. I mean, I we could debate on whether or not that's the way it should be, but I think it's a combination of those things, to your point – um, and Monty, look, Monty's always been a good coach. I, when he was with the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans, always said Monty could. What do they? What do they, your girlfriend's a chef, right? Like, yep. what do you call it when it's just like scrab, scrabble or something? Oh yeah, it's just we, like you leftovers, take the leftovers and you make it into some breakfast. Spe- yep. Like I would always say, scramble. like scr- Like you, you get like you give Monty Williams just some some of that, and he can. It's not going to be a five-star meal. They're not going to be in the playoffs, but I tell you what, it's going to be a meal you can eat, and it's going to be a lot better than what someone else could do. It's going to be a, a decent product, a solid product. I mean, the 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 year where they were coming off of a lockout, Chris Paul had just forced his way to the Clippers. I mean, the Hornets had nothing. And he managed to win like 22 games, and they didn't play 82 that year. He managed to do things like he made – 
these leftovers, like, it's not, I give it to him. And he was able to get these young guys that, like, some felt like shouldn't even be in the league and get the best out of them. So I always felt like, man, he can do that. And with AD, they win the lottery. It takes a little while. They had a ton of injuries. I always felt like he never got a fair shot. It could could be frustrating at times. Don't get me wrong. And he's probably a better coach now than he was then. Everyone acts like he's the same coach. I mean, he's definitely grown. Guys get better, right? Um, but I've I've always liked Monty a lot, so I'm I'm happy to see him getting his uh getting his due right now. And I think that's what Pelicans fans are really like gathering behind. It's like I it, I've seen the the fandom either be like, oh, I'm pro Chris Paul, Monty, happy to see them, or on the flip, I'm happy to see Drew do his thing. Yeah, I'm happy to see all of that. I mean, it's not like I'm I'm it's not the same as like if the Pelicans your own team. Were, yeah, yeah, no, sure. it's nothing like mm-hmm. that. It's more of just a like. It's not like if they lose, I'm gonna be like, I can't sleep. I'm like <laughs> sick. I'm upset. It's kind of just like this would be nice for him. I'm happy for him. No, very very different feeling. But uh, but all those guys, I was always. I mean, I've always Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time. I yes. love watching that guy for years, and um, I never I never got on him for for leaving. I know some fans call him CP me, and all. I'm like, bro, they don't even have an owner. Yeah, the way they don't they don't even they don't even an owner. Were they really fans? Like, because I guess I was too young at the time. Where with me, AD was the one. Like that. It wasn't. It it was not on the same level. Okay. At all. But there were some that were like, I can't believe he did that, and and why is he went out? It's like this is is this situation is like dire, man. Like I don't. And he did everything he could, and Mm -hmm. and they they did not surround him with the things they said they would, and the NBA was. It was uh, it was it was a mess. It was a mess. But um, yeah, man, we'll see what happens when he comes back. When Kawhi comes back, you wonder. I don't know. Is this going to be a blessing in disguise for the two? For I mean, for Chris Paul. I mean, now he's maybe extra healed up, and they're up two zero. You know, mm-hmm. is that the the faith that they needed? Because there's no way he's not playing in those two games, and who knows where his body is if he does. So here you go, man, Phoenix. In the driver's seat. We've got all the uh, NBA playoff games the rest of the way on our airwaves each night. ESPN 1420, Atlanta, Milwaukee, game one tonight, 730. And then Phoenix, LA, 8 o'clock tomorrow. And it kind of just flip-flops every other night for the uh, conference series each night until they wrap up. And then there'll be probably a long gap between conference finals. I think the NBA finals start on like July 8th. Ooh, okay. Too big of a gap, especially if these things go quick. Yeah. That, They're going to lose a lot of momentum. And that just that Monday night, that first Monday night this week, it just felt like I was missing something. It did. It's like, what's going on here? I mean, I watched a little bit of the CWS. I kind of uh, would turn it on during the commercials last night. Mississippi State, NC State both feel like teams of destiny in, in regards to that and the way they've won some of those games. But I haven't been paying as much attention to it because – the NBA playoffs have been good, and why not go with why not go with the schedule every year? Yeah, this is it. Just shows that, and like you said, you can't take the bubble ratings into consideration. You're competing against the NFL. It shows that you're the king of the summer. Utilize it. You're already the king of the summer with like free agency that, that followed the 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 games, but free agency is more of like an online thing than uh, in network real, yeah. or. ESPN Turner Sports ratings thing, like TV money type thing. Like, why not have both? You know, I agree. Have have the the free agency because the free agency madness, even if it needed to, could live within the NFL season and still thrive because yep. that's more fan driven than anything else. 
Um, but even now, it's still going to be taking place. What the 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 draft is in? Um, I think it's July twenty something. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but you got the draft, then you get free agency getting underway in August. Like it's still going to be as feverish yeah. on NBA Twitter as it's ever been. I don't understand like you said, why it is they don't just, just just start the season on Christmas. You know, play eighty two games, stretch it out, and if free agency is in you know late August, early September during football, so be it. Yeah, I agree with that. Make it happen, man. I mean, are we just going to like, everyone's just ignoring the DeMarcus Cousins push Devin Booker. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm sitting at the end of the game. I'm like, oh, well, that should be a technical. Game's over. Like, it's done. <laughs> like, man pushed him. Call it over. But just more adversity they had to battle. More. You think the NBA is going to do anything about it? I hope they do. I, I kind of want to get a, a retroactive technical file. I mean, or, I yeah, I I mean, it was like they were pulling guys apart. <laughs> yeah. Rondo's in there. You think the game's over. It's not. They come back out, you know, what felt like 10 minutes later. But um, Just yeah. seemed like poor sportsmanship. But I got to say. But Booker, Booker went up and said something in his That's face. That's what I was about to say. But, that, but they've been doing it all game. Yep. Booker and Trey Young both have this, I call it killer mentality, but they're not afraid to tell you how they feel. Well, when you've been chirping with them all game and you lose, you got to take it like a man. Facts. Got to. And, um. Anyway, ESPN fourteen twenty NBA lottery last night. No luck for the Pelicans. None. The Pistons. First of all, Ben Wallace. It's, it was weird seeing him without his fro. He very mature, dapper look yeah. going for him. It's like is that Ben Wallace? Um, cool, Detroit. Cool. That's like that was kind of like like once the Pelicans didn't win it, I was like, Detroit won. I'm like, okay. But Detroit is set up for something. Now, if they execute on it with Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, you add Kate Cunningham to that, Jeremy Grant, that's a solid young little core right there. You get a veteran center, make some moves. Detroit sports haven't been great as of late. Now, I know the Pistons have a lot of success historically. Um, good for Detroit sports fans. You know, I, I don't know. I was glad it wasn't Houston. I was yeah. glad it wasn't just Golden State. Yeah, yes, right. I mean, Orlando kind of felt bad for them. <laughs> like they just like, gosh, you guys got bounced. But Swin Cash became a uh, a, a meme. meme. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and was just owning up to it. I loved that was it. Good just... stuff. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. So, um, who was your who was your pick before the season, and then who was your pick when the playoffs started for the NBA Finals? Who? Okay, so before the season, I was Nets. I mean, I, I, you couldn't, you couldn't not pick them in my opinion based upon star power based upon what they had but now i mean it, it's got to be the suns I, I like now i am just what they have to me the depth of talent the way they can battle you on the inside the outside the defense and the fact that their bigs aren't limited to just not being able to switch and the fact that they can play small if they want it really shows me that they are a team to be feared. And I know people will be like, well, you're not giving Milwaukee enough credit. You're, Milwaukee has the best player. Yes, I understand that. But when you look at the rest of Milwaukee's team to match what Phoenix offers, I would much rather have Phoenix. And I like we talked about, I think coaching matters. And I think Monty's a better coach than Bud, well, at least in the playoffs. I had the Clippers and the Bucks before the season started. When the playoffs were about to begin, I had Utah and Milwaukee. Um, Phoenix, I had them beating the Lakers, but I didn't. I didn't foresee what's happening right now. Um, they're just again, they feel like a team of destiny. 
And yet the Clippers are just weird, man. I won't be surprised if they win game three and we're right back in kind of the mix of just, here we go. I mean, it, it, that, that that whole series was, you know, a value-up away from swinging to, to, to the Clippers last night. Yep. No one's given Atlanta a chance. No one, no, and and I've, they've gotten on me about that a lot because before the before the season, I'm the guy that thinks Trey Young doesn't equate to wins. I but, remember, I remember. But it's a fair point because he played like Steph Curry, and Nate McMillan comes in and changes his play style and makes him play more Nash Nashian. And I just think it works better for that team, and he bought in, and you and you can't deny that that change of play style made the Hawks a better team. And that's why I, I I don't know if, if you heard I got I got Hawks in seven against against Milwaukee. I might I, that may be boneheaded, <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, really, yeah. I, and let me explain why. So I I understand, and this is the way I I, I set it up. I understand that Milwaukee out experiences them, out athletes them, but the inconsistencies of Middleton on the road scares me. The inconsistencies of Drew Holiday terrifies me. And then when you look at it, McMillan is not afraid to say, hey, for a whole quarter, I'm going to put Giannis on the free throw line. And if he beats us on the free throw line, cool. We saw it happen against Ben Simmons. Now the issue to Atlanta with me is I hate picking teams that live and die by the three. But if Trey Young can, can surpass the test of Drew Holiday, which will be a big test, I think, I think, I think, they, can, I think they can scrap their way to, to seven. I thought the Hawks would beat the Knicks. I did not think they'd beat Philly. Me neither. Philly helped them out quite a bit. Um, Atlanta still deserves credit. Milwaukee's winning this series. Probably in like five. That's what Norm said. <laughs> Probably in five. I, I just do not see Atlanta winning this thing. And now, like, I mean, credit to them. They keep getting doubted. But they they feel like they've, like the other, even though Phoenix wasn't in the playoffs last year, I don't know why their ascent feels a little more natural. Atlanta feels like they've arrived at the party a little early. Fair. Credit, credit to them for crashing the party, but it feels a little like all right, we're they're they're ahead of they're ahead of course right now. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I, I think they got a bright future, but they just kind of Portland was in the conference finals a few years ago. You're like, okay, this is cool, but they don't they don't have it. This is not yet. That's yeah. that's the feeling I get of Atlanta. But you got them. You got them in seven. We're gonna see, and, and, and again, I'm not. I will. I won't be surprised if the Bucks win because, like I said, I do concede experience. I do concede athleticism because that series can go. Giannis says, "Hey, none of y'all can guard me. I'm getting 30, 40 a night, and I'm gonna play dominant." But if he starts to shoot threes, if McMillan puts him on the free throw line, gets everybody out of rhythm, it could be a different game and a different series. Where is Ben Simmons' future lie? Team MVPs across the NFL in 2021. Each team who's going to be the likely MVP. Phone lines are 269-1077. And what the Pels should do with the 10th overall pick, we'll get into it. I'm Scott. That's Lynn Burton. It's ESPN 1420.com. Don't go anywhere. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. 
Some old school right there for you, Lynn. It's Beastie Boys legends, man. Some of the best ever. I just finished their book. Was it good? It was. About 600 pages. Oh. It was It was an undertaking, and yet it didn't feel like it. I enjoyed all of it, man. It was awesome. See, those are the type of things that I, I like to read about, get that history in. Yeah. I, I don't... I, I don't have as much time for leisurely reading, but uh, really got to dig more into it last week when I was out. And um, yeah, like now at my age, I prefer like nonfiction and things that like I lived through. Mm -hmm. So if you find me like a good book about like a, a, a sports team that I remember watching and it's not by like someone on the team, it's like... Where you no, get the real it's the, This is this yeah. isn't... This isn't MJ producing the last <laughs> dance. This is like no holds bar. Now the Beastie Boys book was different. It was it was them that read it, but that's a different type of read. And uh, yeah, man, just like gosh, what a great, what a, what an amazing story. But no, I've, I've been listening to them like nonstop the last few months. Now you have me go and read it. That's something I that was, I'll put uh, on the list. I was I was I listened I listened to them a good bit in high school and uh, when I was really young and then in high school as they branched out and did different stuff, but. Very sad, man. When MCA died nine years ago, I was like, "Gosh!" And then one of those bands that, like, groups, whatever you want to call them, that, like, I regret, like, I never got to, to see them live, and I always planned on it, and then it was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Dude. Just missed the chance. Oh. Yeah. See that? That's a big thing for me that I I'm thankful for that I've gotten to see my faves of this generation. Like I've seen Drake and Kendrick. I'm I'm okay now. So, you know. Take it in. You never know, man. Yeah. You never know. That's a fact. ESPN1420.com, ESPN1420. It's Scott Prather. It's Lynn Burton. Um, here is some audio for you. Monty Williams in the Suns huddle before Aiton's game-winning dunk. Our ball. Okay, execute it. The eight. You, if he throws it, you got to, like, try to dunk it, Okay. Uh, successful. Talking about the Valley Oop and more. It's ESPN 1420. I'm Scott. That's Lynn. Um, what do the Pels do with the 10th overall pick? Uh, I've been, I've been, uh, people have been telling me you got to trade it. You got to do this. I think, I think you take Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. Instant shooting, best shooter in the draft, can shoot off the dribble, can, is athletic enough to get to the rim. Athletic enough to be a decent defender. I think he could be our Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton role. You need somebody. I don't even know that you need someone that can. Like, if shooting off the dribble is fine. You just need someone that can just stand there and hit a three. Exactly. That's what you need. Now, if you can get that in free agency, if you can get it in the draft, whatever. I think they're, I think he's going to try to trade it probably. If you can get someone, I'm I'm okay with that. Like, if you can, if you can get a piece... Might be to get rid of a piece. That too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got four second rounders. Uh, what do you do with that? Um, they'll, they'll, it'll be a combination of they'll probably keep one guy. They'll have a foreign guy or two. Um, they'll and then they'll they'll trade one or two of the picks or the rights to them to someone. Like that's that's what they're going to do with those. Maybe it would be maybe one of those four would be part of a package with the one if they use it to trade for someone. But I think they're I think they're likely to trade this pick right here. Um, you do have a young core. I think Lonzo's gone, and you've got to get. You know, you, 
got to get shooting. I mean, that's the number one thing. Obviously, you got to get a head coach. But head coach isn't going to matter if your roster construction is exactly. not, not and, in place. And that's the big thing. Now, you said Lonzo, you think Lonzo's gone. How, how do you replace that that point guard? Do you do you say, okay, I'm going to elevate Kyra or no? Or do you go and get someone? I think opinion? I think you I think you get a stopgap, but somebody that's an older seasoned veteran who's not going to cost as much, and you give Kyra a lot of minutes, and then you you have the veteran to kind of spell him when need be. Um, yeah, I think Lonzo's going to get priced. There. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Uh, anything over twenty million to me, and I'm the biggest Lonzo guy. You you can't pay. All right. Speaking of money, this is one thing we hadn't hit on yet that that we you know I tweeted out we were going to hit on it today. Uh, Billy Napier gets a big hefty raise. Rage occasion head football coach. So the Daily Advertiser was the uh, first to report it. It's subject to approval from the Louisiana System Board of Governors Athletic uh, Louisiana System Board of Governors Athletic Board uh, tomorrow. But <clears throat> I'm here to tell you it, it's it'll be approved. It's going to happen. Um, and the base salary. So people see first of all, it is it is kind of wild that the UL football coach will be making two million dollars. Um, a year. Now, if you had told someone that four or five years ago, you'd be like, wait, what? But then you see where Napier is, you see where his name is, you see the job he's done, and you're like, okay. And 400000 of it is is what the school's paying. Um, the $1.6 million of this promotion is coming from the RCAF. And I think that's important to remember as well. Uh, it runs through December 21st, 2025. Big budget increase for his assistant coaches and staff. That goes from 2.87 mil to 3.77 mil. And I can tell you right there, Lynn, when it comes to Coach Napier, that is like the staff part of his job here at UL or, or for instance, when Auburn was calling him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we want you, but you need to keep this guy on staff and that guy, and we're going to have some control. This, see ya. Yeah, like it's it's such a big part of it. When he came in out the get go, he was given um, more support in terms of his staff than any coach ever had, and that's not. I mean, I'm not saying that's why he's. I mean, it's I, that's just a fact. Yeah, I'm not even just, trying to make a that, point. That's and, just and what it is, and clearly, it was the right move. Yep. Um, what his the the staff that matters to him like when a coach says I didn't even interview a guy and and we hired him that's that's not normal that's not good um, the, the the vetting process the the pro the hiring process to get on the staff coach Napier it's he's talking to him uh, obviously Maggard's talking to him everybody there is there it's a it's a it's a pretty tedious process they're very very particular about who's on the staff. Is it part of the culture? And it, and it's working. Yeah, I mean, and the results speak for themselves. You know, Napier's a, a hot commodity right now. And so what's interesting about this is uh, Dr. Magger got a, a pay increase as well. So if Napier wants to make a move or if a team wanted to hire him, um, it, there's a $3 million buyout now. But that's just from now until the end of this calendar year. So the buyout would drop to two million if he wants to get out of his contract in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. Uh, so if a team wanted him, hey Billy, we want to hire you. We're going to give you everything you want. 
You could be the coach at Alabama. I mean, Nick Saban's not going anywhere, but just for just example, yeah. let's say, okay, I'll I'll take that job. Mm-hmm. Um, then then you, you pay UL $2 million for the buyout. But if Dr. Maggard is no longer at his position, which got a slight change in terms of the name of it, I forget I forget the actual term it is now, but it went from athletic director to something else. Probably just a semantic thing in terms of getting the pay raise and whatnot. But um, shout out to both of the, those guys, by the way. Well deserved. Yeah. Uh, but if Maggard is no longer the AD, and in 2022 or 2023, if if Napier to leave, that $2 million buyout would then be cut in half, and then it would only be a million dollars. Um I that that part of it's interesting. Like, is that that feels like like it's it's that has to be, in my opinion, Coach Napier asking for that to be put in there. That's what it sounds like, and it sounds like he. It seems like, like you say, with Doctor Maggard, relationships there, they get along, and if he's not, it's easier to get him out of here. There was some worried UL fans when the Tennessee job opened, and people were like, oh, he wouldn't want to go to Tennessee. But what UL fans were saying, not all, some were, well, what if it's a package deal? Mm. You know? I mean, Maggard has drawn interest. There have been schools that have called and said, you you want this job? And, you know, I mean, some good G5 schools from what I've been told, um, and he has stayed put. I mean, you know, I know I know he likes it here. I know his wife, Carrie, she's great. I know they like it here a lot. They're doing things. They've got, you know, the number 15 team in the country football-wise. And um, just my short year being here, just looking at the success of softball, success of women's basketball, success of men's basketball, and then football, it, he's he's having winning programs all across the board. Yeah, and, and it's I think next football season I'm – I don't know if the fans are going to show up, but they need to, man. Definitely um, so. They need to, and um, we'll see what happens. You got the number fifteen team in the country in the in the final AP poll, coming off of a ten and one year. The Napier is twenty eight and eleven overall. They've been to a bowl game every year. He's been the head coach. Um, he's a great coach, and he and he he, he means what he says. I guess. Um, I don't know. Genuine. It's working. Kind of, you know. Everyone mentions his time with Saban, but he's been on other staffs as well. He's kind of taken a little bit from everywhere he's been, but he's done a great job. And and I know some fans are like, or, or maybe casual fans or people are saying, football coach, university, that much. 400000 from the university, the rest is from the RCAF. Um, and obviously he was – the Maggard thing is, is the most interesting tidbit of the contract to me, that he'd put that in there and – what it means to the future, and all I could tell you is when he got hired, uh, Billy Napier, I said, I think he'll be the first coach that UL hires as their head football coach that will leave UL because he was offered it, because he wasn't fired. Yeah, because right? he's that good. Yeah, because, because another school wanted him. That has never happened before. That is going to happen with Napier at some point, but... You got him right now, and um, enjoy I, I, while you can. Yeah, I got, I got, I was not surprised. I know that there was some chatter about coming to agreements to to keep him around when when his name was surfacing, you know, months back. Uh, Maggard kind of said it without saying it when I was talking to him one morning. Like, you know, we're we're working on things, can't get into details, that type of deal. 
Uh, and so now you've just got uh, the athletic, excuse me, the Daily Advertiser was able to obtain some documents, and now you got a little bit more details about it all. But um, it, it 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 makes sense. And the interesting thing here, Lynn, is if at some point in the future he goes somewhere, are they are they going together? And then what does that mean for a buyout? And then where are you starting from and all that? But that's that's something that if it happens, it means you've probably had once again, unprecedented, amazing success. success. Yep, and I can just tell you from what I know from my brother, the team loves him. The team loves him. They want to run through a brick wall for him. And it just, it, it's no surprise why UL football has been so successful in these past couple of years. And you got you to gotta give credit where credit is due in which Coach Napier has built here. It's just phenomenal. And like you said, Hopefully the fans come out this year. I'm going to try to come out as much as I can because I want to enjoy this. This team is slated to make a good run and to be a good team this year. UL at Texas to kick off the season. That could be an uh, – On network television. That the, can be the an upset. The opportunity for the program in that game against that team – on network television. Mm-hmm. We're not, not even ESPN. We're talking just not Fox Sports. What Fox. Yep. The big boys. In the afternoon. The opening weekend. And, yeah, there'll be some eyeballs because the college football fans, they, you know, they they know the name Billy Napier, you know, mm-hmm. Raging Cajuns, Texas, Louisiana, September 4th. I'm excited. And you got to think the quarterback has to be excited because if uh, Norm was telling me about how if he has a great year. Senior bowl bound. It's on, man. I'm excited. Football season is uh, what 70, 73 days away from that game. We're in, we're inching slowly but surely. Seventy three days away. I like this. Getting back to the NBA, I like the fact that conference finals are still going on. Yep. Just brings the. You watch? You watch hockey playoffs at all? I do from time to time. I do because I have a good friend. I as you know, I have, I have a podcast. My good friend who does it with me. Big hockey guy. So he makes me, he's like, okay, this is the game you need to check out these days. I have a, I have a guy that's like, okay, watch this, and then, then I'll check it out. So the um, the Nassau Coliseum where the Islanders play, is, this could possibly be their last game tonight from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And it's just some old, like, it's like. Some rundown. Yeah, but it's just like a really old uh, coliseum that, I say really old. I think it was built in the early 70s. But in terms of like today's hockey, it feels like old hockey or whatever, and they're all freaking out, and they're hoping that this isn't it and that they can go out with a bang if it is or win or extend this year. I don't know. I, 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 I watch a little bit of the Stanley Cup, and that's about it. The rest of it I'm just following very much on the fringes. That And, that, and that's exactly how I am. You're not going to hear me. You know, breaking down a Canadians Golden's yeah. Nights game. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. All right, don't go anywhere. We're gonna take a timeout. Come back. Some team MVPs. Predicting team MVPs. Some of them are easy. Some of them are a little more complicated. When you start taking a look at the upcoming NFL season, I'm Scott. That's Lynn Burton, and a little take on. Uh, the Chinese food? Yeah. All right. It's on. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app.
Welcome back into the great Scott show. Scott Prather, Lynn Burton. Troy emails something uh, he heard on first take. I guess Kendrick Perkins said it. Yeah. Said if um, Trey Young, if Luka Doncic was in the same position as what Trey Young was doing, they'd be ready to put a statue in front of the building. Somebody got to put some respect on his name. First of all, they already want to put a statue of Doncic up. So that... (laughs) That's 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 been true for a while, um, and you know maybe the Hawks will if uh, if Young keeps balling like he is, man. And, and the thing is, I, I do agree with some of that because if if Luca was in the position of Trey right now, the the narratives would be extreme. Yeah, he's the best. That's in in it, it's it's you're right. I mean, it's it's not false. Some of that is because he had so much weight behind him already. Yeah. And Young just hasn't had that yet. And part of that is because, look, the Hawks weren't even in the bubble last year. They got off to a rough start this year. And so it's it's it I feel like they can catch up to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then it's the Hawks. And then on top of that, like I said to start the show, Trey Young did not always play like he's playing right now. That's my point. Like, Doncic already had all of that weight behind him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the narrative would be like, oh, he's the best of all time. It would be it would be like almost nauseating how over the top it would be. But he already came into it with all that sizzle. And then to live up to all of the sizzle and expectations of being this 14 or 16, whenever he started, year old playing in the second best league, and to say he comes in and sets the league on fire, it's rightfully so. Right. It's like young. Young's just not on the same like he's not as far on the he's not as far in the race yet but mm-hmm. he is speeding up a lot. Yep. And so I don't it's it's not wrong but I don't think I guess the part of the statement I find is wrong is that no one's putting respect behind his name. Like no, everybody's talking about how I mean, who's been people have said Trey Young is the biggest star this postseason. Yeah. A lot of people have. And yes, it's true. So I don't I don't buy the part of, you know, they need to put respect on his name as if he's being overlooked or something. But no, the narrative's not gonna be as strong as it would have been if it was Luca. That's true. And part of that is because Luca already came into this postseason and has sort of been ahead in the race for the last couple of seasons. And Young's been good and he was an all star, not this season, but season before. Mm-hmm. Um but I would, I think, let's not just get caught up in only this postseason. The truth is, so far in their careers, who's been better to this point? It's been Luka. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But Trey's awesome. And I think he keeps doing what he's doing. Oh, you it's, know, this guy's the limit for him. This feels like a launching pad for him from star to superstar. And Luka felt like he was already kind of in that superstar conversation. 100%. A little bit. And then, if anything, Luka might have took a little hit on his stock th- yeah. with the diva stuff. This Oh, man. He's, dude, he's a dirty player. <laughs> he really he is. He's a dirty player. I never, I, I've never known. Now you're gonna, now I'm gonna look for it. He's forward. a dirty player. He like he gets into it, dude. That nut shot. Yeah, true, 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 go, true, go, true, true. Go watch him. He is. He's a, he's a bit of a drama, drama king, if you will. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Um, MVPs. Troy emailed destroys favorite teams. The Dolphins. Who's gonna be the Dolphins MVP in twenty twenty one? To me. And I know people say this is a long shot, but I, I, if, if offensively, I'm, I'm leaning Jalen Waddle. I'm going with the rook. If that's the case, then he could be rookie of the year. I'm, I'm just leaning Jalen Waddle because I can't say it's going to be Tua. From what I'm hearing from behind the, 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 the interceptions, the not looking good seven on seven, 
And just from what I what I what I know about Mike uh, Brian Flores, if two is not working, he's gonna play Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> like because his team is good, the defense is good, and they have a shot to you know compete with the Bills. And if two is not living up to to hype, he's gonna play whoever's giving him a shot to win. It's got to be Xavier Howard. See, okay, he's I didn't know. I didn't know if he could go team. on defense. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's he was incredible. Now, think. do you think he's gonna play? Because you know he's he's the holdout situation. That's true, and that's another reason why I didn't pick him. He's he might be the best corner in the league. Yeah, I just don't. I do. You, I don't agree with him holding out. He the contract just got signed. I know. The, I know. I know. And I'm pro player, but like, man, you got to at least do two under it, and then, then I mean, get yeah, out of you, it. Just it's one year. <laughs> I mean, you know, we used to do that though. It's Darrell Revis, and Darrell made a lot of money. Yeah, so. he did. I wonder if they have the same agent. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But if they do, I'm sure his agent's like, been yeah. down this road before. We're going to get it. <laughs> For the Bills, I mean, it's, it's great as to find digs. It's got to be Josh Allen, right? Yep. Because he's, I mean, he's. Incredible. But he's an NFL MVP, MVP candidate. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Who will be the MVP for the Jets? Oh, do you think, you think, you think he's going to be Wilson? No. <laughs> No, I the 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 fans because they're going to just have to endure another horrendous season. So shout out to them. Uh, what about the Patriots? Patriots, great question. Um, hmm. I'm I, I'm leaning Cam. I'm leaning Cam because I just feel bounce back year. Him and Belichick are building this rapport. I don't think Mac Jones will play this year unless Cam has a horrible year. So uh, the schedule is pretty favorable for him. I think I'll look at defense for the like I did with uh, Miami. Miami. I think Hightower didn't play last year. True. He's a really, really good linebacker. Um, I think the players that opted out for the Patriots was a big, big loss. Big loss for them last year. They had the most by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the season started, no one really talked about it much because the, because in in. Understandably so. The story around New England was, well, Brady's not there, and look what he's doing in Tampa. And, oh, I wonder if Bills matter. What's Cam doing? Mm-hmm. You had all of these much more sizzling stories. Um, but I, I think one reason New England was, what, 7-9. and nine. Uh, Having Hightower back, I think he'll be the guy there. I, I think he's he'd be my pick for uh, team MVP. We're going to go down some more teams, plus a big win for us yesterday, us sports fans here in Louisiana. A huge win. We'll explain next. Great Scotch, 8 o'clock hour. Coming your way right after this. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott. That is Lynn Burton. He's in studio with me. We have talked about Coach Napier's raise. We have talked a lot about the Valley Oop. Talked a little NFL team in the AFC East. And uh, we can chat with you. You can email us, scott at ESPN1420.com. You can tweet the show at ESPN1420, or you can give us a holler, 269-1077. Um, Tim Brando, scheduled to join the show at 830. We'll, uh, we'll see if it happens. Hadn't heard back from him this morning, but um, 
We had touched base earlier this week, and that was the time he requested. So we'll uh, we'll see. In the meantime, what do you think the betting odds would have been last night, Lynn, if you were going to set the odds with .9 seconds left, Suns down one, long review, they're going to inbound the ball. All right, the odds on the Suns winning. Oh, I'm giving them the I'm giving them the faith. Yeah, plus four hundred or something, <laughs> yeah. or five plus a thousand. I mean, I'm I'm making it so high that if you bet on it, you're not winning nothing from us. Like like you said, plus six hundred, plus a thousand, whatever. However high I can put it as a sports bet, a hundred to win a thousand, maybe mm-hmm. higher than that. It yeah, just, it um, what an amazing moment. But speaking of sports betting, big win yesterday. Yep. Governor John Bell Edwards signed um, some legislation yesterday which included the official legalization of sports betting in the state of Louisiana, and reportedly the law will go into effect soon, which will give casinos in the state hopes that maybe by football season they'll be fully operating. I'll wait and see. Yeah, that that's what they... I'll, I'll, wait, I'll, I'll wait and see, <laughs> but long-term... Um, it always felt like Louisiana was kind of behind the, the the eight ball on this, and now it's kind of picked up quickly. And tell you what, man, you, if you do it the right way, you tax it the right way, you get it all done. I mean, it. I, if you have a gambling addiction, call. Yeah, call the numbers, get help. But it's gonna but be if a, you're boom a casual for the... fan, man. This mm-hmm. is this is gonna be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm gonna, there will be a lot more um, betting expert segments once this is legal in the state. And I know, well, you know, Scott, you know the whole thing called the internet. I get all of that. But I'm telling you, man, it is a different ball game when you can walk into a place and lay down some cash and get a ticket and bet that way. And it just opens up the door. Plus, it makes online betting and things from your phone or tablet that much easier and accessible mm-hmm. and you're not jumping through as many hoops or having to go offshore, do weird stuff. Um, That's why I never got into it. Like you said, it's just, people were doing some wild stuff, like offshore accounts and all that nonsense. I don't have time for that. Like you said, it's easy in the palm of our hands, and you can you can do it now. If like FanDuel, all those different places, now you can now we can join the fun. ESPN fourteen twenty. So um I, I feel like when when a state First legalizes sports gambling, and it and like you know people can do it. I I feel like the 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 need in the market will like will get a lot of action. Mm-hmm. And 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 the casinos probably love that because I mean I think they make the majority of their money because people just can't help but bet with their heart sometimes. Yep, guilty, right? Um, but I feel like you know. If this thing gets past poor football season, all these people will be betting on the Saints. Mm-hmm. Just just because it's like, man, if they can do it, and, and they're probably all going to lose their money. I yep. mean, I don't think the Saints are winning the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, I might lay down a little bit. Why not? Got to. You just, know, just for fun. Yeah. You never know. But but if you want to be a smart bet, go somewhere else. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't have the research. But now you get 30 states plus D.C. with legal sports betting. 21 are, are currently op- operational. So not all 30 are up yet, but if you go to those states, I bet you find a lot of the money just on the home team. Now, if you go to Vegas, I doubt you're going to see it all on the Knights or whatever no. or the Raiders. But whenever it first comes out, man, I mean, I think fans are – there's like a curiosity for sports fans that have never really quite gotten into it, and I think suddenly it's like, 
I'm going to check this out. I'm going to do this. That, and that's exactly what it is. It, it's the, at least for me, it's exactly what you said. The idea of it has always been this pie in the sky. Like I want to see experience it. So it's, like you said, the curiosity and you want to go just do it one time, see how it is, learn all the different acumen, like the juice, the vig. I don't know what any of that means, but I want to know. You want to start learning? Yeah. All the get, Lynn's going to have like a 12-leg parlay. <laughs> have no idea what it means, but say, man, I bet $10 I could win twenty grand if all this happens. <laughs> no, a, 12, a 12-leg parlay is not going to win. Don't do that. <laughs> The Olympics coming. You get a You think people? Yeah, I say. Yeah, they will. <laughs> of course, I'll bet. I'll bet on anything. Olympics coming. Are you going to be into the Olympics this summer? I am. I, I'm. A, I look. I am a big Olympics guy. My. Uh, funny enough, my dad had a friend who was a swimmer who tried out for the Olympics, almost made it. So I was always, as a kid growing up, watching Michael Phelps, watching Ryan Lochte. Swimming is actually my favorite event in the Olympics. That's not, like, obviously USA basketball. But I'm definitely going to be paying attention. Mondo Duplantis, man. Mm. You got Lafayette's own competing for Sweden. Best pole vaulter in the world. Yep. I think the pole, the men's pole vaulting, I think is in about a month. I want to say it's the last week of July. So about a month from now in Japan, give or take, you're going to have, um, let me see, I think it's like July 20. I, I, don't, I don't typically watch pole vaulting. But, but you I, check that I, out. Oh, Mondo. I mean, it's it may, the guy's a rock star in Sweden, by the way. But uh, I remember last month I was, I was getting my hair cut downtown. A friend of mine cuts my hair. And she's finishing up and... Mondo's walking downtown with, I think it was his girlfriend who's from Sweden and his maybe his brother and some friends. Mm-hmm. He's wearing his Red Bull gear as one of his sponsors. I'm like, oh, this Mondo Duplantis. She's like, who? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't blame her, you yeah. know? It's like, I don't, I'm like, Mondo Duplantis. She's like, he's a babe. What does he do? <laughs> I'm like, he's the best pole vaulter In the world. of all time. <laughs> and he's from here. And she's like, really? And then, like, last time I saw her, she's like, yeah, I went and read up on him. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you know? But it's like, here in the back, you know, in Lafayette, it's like, I mean, it's not, like, some people know who Mondo is, and certainly they know the name, but it's not like he's like a rock star. He's yeah. Just chilling, walking around. Like, Having a good people time. Don't know who he is. You go to the whole country of Sweden, and they're like treating him like Raven. he's Van Halen in the 80s, man. It's wild. <laughs> Quarter after eight, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. I uh, got an email here from Clark. He says, "Do you guys enjoy the track and field aspects of the Olympics?" Sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I sure. look. My eyes are going to be all on Shakari Richardson when, yeah. it, when it comes out. Comes yeah. down to it. I like for me, a lot of it. A lot of the magic of the Olympics comes down to how good the TV coverage is, and mm-hmm. I think NBC does a good job. And we'll see Bob Costas with his Botox. Botox Costas is what we should call him. <laughs> we'll see him, like, doing, you know, his promos and his vignettes. And all it takes is just, like, a really good story to draw you in. Mm-hmm. And then you, man, about to cry. I just heard this life story and all this person had to overcome. Oh, and now they, this, there is. So now, in a matter of, like, five minutes, you get a, a, a very quick version of... A very quick, basically, montage vignette of, like, someone's entire life building up to this one moment they've worked so hard for, and now they're either going to 
pass or fail. Yeah. And it's like the drama's there. Like, all right, I'm in. I don't know. Oh, come on. I love when people are like, why do you even care? You wouldn't watch it any other time. You're right. But that's why it's the Olympics. Exactly. Yes, I would not watch pole vaulting on a, you know, on (laughs) On a a Sunday during football season, Mm -hmm. but it's the Olympics. And and, and then everything you just said, the storylines, and then for me, a little national pride. Like, I want to beat the other countries. Heck yeah. So I'm definitely I'm definitely into it, but even more so this year, I'm interested in the soccer. We're on the come up, Scott. We're on the come up. Christian Pulisic, I'm I'm all in. Talk about great sports moments. Mm-hmm. Win over Mexico, man. Big. Oh, that was one of those again, one of those nights that kept me up late. It's like, man, I should go to bed, but I can't help it. I'm in. Have to watch it. I don't blame you. World Cup next summer, man. I'm excited. Can't wait. Cannot wait. I, 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 2018 was such a bummer. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Really? Like, th- th- you know you know how much World Cup I watched in 2018? None. Oh. I got to have the U.S. in there to watch it. True. I couldn't. I just could not get into it. I couldn't find. I couldn't. I was, I was just rallying behind England. Yeah. Harry Kane, those boys. Couldn't find it. ESPN 1420. Scott Prather, Lynn Burton. 269-1077. 269-1077. You want to get on the show? Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome in. Hello. Uh, that play last night, man, uh, it reminded me um, of a play. Uh, the Magic played the Spurs years ago. And um, I think Turkaloo threw a nice one to uh, Dwight Howard over Tim Duncan. And they, uh, they were able to beat the Spurs at the buzzer. Um, Paul George. Man, you you got you have to come through. You have to hit those free throws. Um, great game, like I said, man. I, I didn't. I don't, I don't think anyone saw Payne getting loose. No, uh, the way Payne got loose, got away with a couple of travels. But hey, that's that's the NBA. Um, oh, Paul, Paul Paul George's layup though. Let's that mm-hmm. that layup late under ninety seconds. He, I mean, that was that was not a euro step. That was three steps. Even when they swiped the ball from yeah, him, he lost move. it. Somebody, I think. Patrick Beverly traveled too. Someone oh, yeah. traveled on the Clippers. They, oh, yeah. they got away with it. The, the NBA, like the the because of the finish, the travels and the long just replay reviews and Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, like oh god, what are we going to talk about here? Mm-hmm. Are, like because of the finish, it the the complaints are so just like they're like they're, the it, it's like the third or fourth fourth story. Like it was like that when we started in seven, it was like the fifth thing we brought up. The first thing is the Valley Oop. Like, can you believe that? What an incredible play! So uh, they got they were fortunate with that finish, but good lord, what a great finish! Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Uh, like I said, man, some of the stuff that they were reviewing, like, come on, y'all, uh, are we really reviewing? Now, keep in mind, I was watching the game at a bar. I couldn't hear any. Um, the dialogue. I didn't hear the the. Uh, the well, you, you, you were fortunate because Jackson and Van Gundy, like I, it's after a while, like they're just sitting. There, like I don't even blame them. After the fourth one, it's like, what do you talk about? Yeah, true. <laughs> just like very true, man. They should talk about how they try to emasculate these players. That's what they need to talk about. What happened to the physicality of the game? Come on, man. Like, like, why are we even reviewing some of this stuff? Different NBA. Why are we reviewing some of this stuff? They, they, that. They have this crutch now, the refs do, in the last two minutes. And when the stakes are even higher in the playoffs, they're going to have that in the back of their mind. I mean, one of those plays, he just called a jump ball because he knew, all right, we're going to review it anyway. Mm-hmm. He knew it. And I think I think it's caught up to him now where 
you kind of sometimes see it in the NFL with the re- with the replay process. They're a little more hesitant. You get into the last two minutes of the game, I think the refs are going to be more hesitant because they know they've got that that crutch behind them, and that's not a good thing. But I think I think for more of these last two minutes of a close game is going to last thirty minutes. We're we're we've got at least three or four mo three or four of those left this postseason. Yeah, I'm talking about there was some things in the third quarter that had, that kind of left me puzzled. Like, what are we doing? Like, like the third quarter seemed like it was long, but you know, I'm not I'm I'm not referring to the last two minutes of the game. I'm talking about you're talking about how how often they review if it's a flagrant one or two or something. Yeah, like that. I don't. Yeah. Nah, come on, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, like like come on, like like the whole situation. With, let's go back to uh, the situation with Jokic. That wasn't. He shouldn't have got thrown out for that. Oh, like, really? Like, what, no, no. He what are we doing? Like, we are emasculating the game for what? But yet, no one's no, no one's going to say what what I just said. They're not. They're not going to go. They're not going to go that route. I, I really feel that they're really trying to emasculate. I'll say it again for the third, fourth time. They're really trying to emasculate the game. Uh, and like I said, I don't expect anyone to agree with me on this. It doesn't have to be you like know? the '80s or '90s, but you, doesn't have to but be. But you like got. This. But you got to let them play. Yeah. yeah. You gotta let him play. Yeah, like you said, Scott. Now, hey, I like that. What you just said. I'm not. I'm not saying go back to those times. I'm not saying that. But like you said, some. Some. You just gotta let him play, man. You know, like yeah, people at the bar. Oh, Patrick Beverly headbutted him on purpose. Really? <laughs> Did y'all feel that? No, no, no. It just definitely was like a a fall, a, a uncontrollable motion. I felt, but don't think it should have been a offensive foul on Devin Booker either. Like that's what I had an issue with. No, no, no. You see, once again, no. Um, hey Zubak, man. Hey, like I said, man, the clip, the clip was. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I kind of knew Booker wasn't going to go off like the first game. They kind of. Held him in check, but hey, he hit the he hit crucial shots down the uh, stretch, and that's what matters. Um, Paul George, typical. But you have a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Plays amazing and then misses two free throws in typical. the biggest moment. Yeah, they had point seven seconds left. They did the long pass. He didn't even like try to get it up quick. No, even if it had gone in, it wouldn't have counted. <laughs> like, oh man! <laughs> Imagine if he had made something after all of that. At another, it, it, like it would have felt like that Spurs Lakers game years back when Tim Duncan in the playoffs when Duncan just hits this crazy twenty footer, and then Derek Fisher scores a bucket a bucket with less than a second left, and they interview Shaq after he's like, "One lucky shot deserves another." <laughs> like, Dang, he's right. Yeah, he is. He's right. Twenty two after the hour. ESPN fourteen twenty. Appreciate the call. Uh, Jack emails. He says, "Guys." Who do you think the Pels should take at 10 overall? We hit on this earlier, Lynn. I Yeah, look, I think they should take Corey Kispert. Again, I think he adds what we need desperately, which is shooting. If we're not going to trade the pick, then if we're going to take it, best shooter in the draft, he is my favorite. Second option, Davion Mitchell. All around just flat-out great score. Either of those guys can help the team immediately. Kispert. Oldest player to come off the board probably in the lottery this year. He's 22. I see. They make it sound like he's really old. He's 22. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say probably the best three-point shooter, and that's what you need. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to probably trade the pick, though. Yeah. If they don't and he's there, I think I'm with you. You have to go that route. 
You got to. to go you got to. You got to put the right amount of shooters around Zion. We've seen what happens with Giannis when you put the right amount of shooters around him. That's that. That's just the way the, the, way the NBA is today. All right, let's take another phone call. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Welcome into the show. Hello. Now, what about the guy from uh, UCLA? He, he ain't. He ain't. Oh, Ju- Johnny Juzang. Yeah. I think he's a second rounder. You think so? But he raised second rounder. Over. Wait, 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 wait. You you just said kiss, so you think kiss, but it's a first rounder. He's a second rounder. Just because Johnny Juzang, his. Kispert has been more overall, more overall, um, less inefficient, less inconsistent. Johnny Juzang had a great, great postseason. I think he could go late first round, second. I just think for us, the Pelicans, what we need is more of a, a Kispert or a Davion Mitchell than a, than a Johnny Juzang. But Johnny's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They need some shooters, but yeah, they get Johnny's, yeah. Johnny got a good game, man, you know. Game is really good. He might translate great to the NBA. He did. We need some shooting, man. Yeah, what do you think? Just for this Wait, at number ten, you say right? At number ten, he might trade the pick. Yeah, Scott thinks Scott thinks we're gonna change the pick. I think. I mean, it's it's just. I think the Pels are gonna try to do whatever they can to um, acquire shooting, and if that's via trade, so they can get a player that's a veteran that they think is gonna help. They've got a lot of draft yeah. capital, not just this year, but in future, future years. So I think, I don't know, man. I just feel like that's the route Griffin's going to go here. Yeah, I prefer that route, too. I prefer a veteran, a veteran like, coming in and play right now and stuff like that. But, you know, who knows what they go to, man. But this is... Um, they better. They got to hire a coach. Fresh. They got to hire a coach first, so. Yeah. I mean, who do you, um, you think is going to be, Scott? Maybe Charles Lee. Who? Charles Lee. <laughs> That's what I said when he told me that. Charles Lee. Charles Lee, yeah. Assistant. <laughs> I guess, well, I guess in this is 825. I guess it's just one of those mornings, I guess. The man said Charles Lee. <laughs> I don't know who the hell that is, so I'm just roll with it. That's, Charles bu- that's, Lee. Bucks, okay, assi- that's cool. Bucks assistant. Not General Charles Lee, for the record. <laughs> All right, man, we got to run. We got to take one more quick one before uh, I welcome Tim Brando on. Uh, go ahead. You got about a minute before we got to hit the break. Welcome in. Uh, I'm gonna hang. Yes, I'm gonna hang up and hear what you have to say. Uh, is Luca Garza is he legit? Because I don't know anything about uh, college basketball. Thank you, Luca Garza. I don't. I don't know if I take him with a top pick. I think. I think he's Tyler Hansborough ish. That might, and that might not be. That might be unfair. <laughs> Tyler Hansborough. I, I see. I see shades of that. I don't know if he's gonna come and make the impact on the NBA that he, he did in college at Iowa. Yeah, Mr. Hustleman type of player. Mm-hmm. Luca Garza. Let's see uh, draft stock. NBA isn't so high on him. And that's what I'm saying. He's he's like six nine, playing the post, maybe six ten. Probably go late in the first round. Yeah, late first round or second rounder gives me Frank Kaminsky, Tyler Hansbro vibes. Kaminsky. Uh, how many minutes did he play last night? Zero. That's right. <laughs> That's Lynn Burton. Lynn, thanks for coming in this morning, man. Oh, no problem, Scott. I enjoyed myself. We didn't get to uh, get into some of the Chinese food talk we planned on, but maybe next time. 100%. Tim Brando's going into Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame this week, and he joins me next right here at ESPN1420 and .com.